You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to Golik and Smitty. I'm Mike Golik. I'm Jessica Smetana. Welcome to yet another edition of Golik and Smetty. Mike Golik Sr. here along with Jess Smetana. And wow, Jess, I mean, listen, it's football season, so there is a ton to talk about. But, I mean, stunning. Aaron Rodgers, four plays, his Achilles. I know it's not official yet at the taping of this, but his Achilles is gone. Uh, he's he's going to miss the <laughs> you year. You seem very confident in that. Oh, did you see that? They showed slow motion of, of the did. pop. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, it one was of a the big mo- night for Twitter doctors. Oh, yeah. Boy, you're not kidding about that. One of the more amazing things that I saw, and I know you, you saw it as well, was the game started, what, at 8? 20, I believe, uh, Eastern time. At 6.01 Eastern time, a couple hours before the game, some guy named David Zaslov tweeted, Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles on a rain-drenched MetLife turf in two and a half hours. Two hours and 24 minutes later, that's exactly what happened. That, that has 10 million views. I mean, stunning before we get into what happened, but I mean, that that guy, I hope he's playing the, the lottery. Yeah, I also love, so David Zaslov is the CEO of Warner Brothers. And this is not, I assume, the real David Zaslov, but yeah. some fake David Zaslov, yes. which is funny. I don't know why there would be a parody of, I mean, I guess I do know why. Anyways, yes, Mike, I, I don't know. There's so many things to talk about here. For one, you've seen players come forward now, like David Bakhtiari talking about how this is because of the turf. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. You see uh, Zach Wilson come back in now and have to start for the Jets after he had to take the back seat for the Aaron Rodgers trade earlier this summer. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who came from the Broncos to be the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers, now is calling plays for a different quarterback. Peyton Manning had a funny comment during the Manning cast where he was like, basically like Nathaniel Hackett right now is just like tearing up his his playbook. He doesn't know what to do. Um, It's it's incredible. I can't believe that this happened. I know the Jets are cursed. Their team is cursed. Their fans are cursed. But I still watched it happen live and could not believe in the first drive of the game, he is potentially now out for the season. And and just, again, as we're taping this, it has just come over the wire that he is done for the season and it is Achilles, something we, we all knew. So this one was pretty easy for the Twitter doctors uh, to look at. The the thing about this, Jess, let me just say, as a as a former player, I can relate to this. 1991, probably uh, before you were born. Well before, but yes. All right, all right. Oh, we don't need the well before age shamer, okay? We don't need the well before. It was just a couple of years, okay? You were born, you what, 94? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's, that's three years. So, 1991, our Eagles, which had had the best defense in the league for a couple of years, were starting that season in Green Bay. And we were, you know, there wasn't all the, the, the draft kings out there of the world that had all the odds, you know, like, like there's so many places you can get now, which we'll get into the Jets odds right now. But we were one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. First game of the season. We're playing Green Bay and Green Bay. Bryce Pop hits Randall Cunningham in the knee, blows his knee out. We, we literally, we're on the, as a defense, we're on the sideline going, no way that just freaking happened. No yeah. way. That's when we went through. Jim McMahon came in to be a quarterback, as well as 
Jeff God, Kemp, Jimmy Brad Kemp. Cable, Pat Ryan. All those quarterbacks we had, we obviously didn't live, you know, did, didn't do what we needed to do that year and win. It was horrific. So, uh, New York Jet players, I know your pain in this. When they were considered one of the best teams in the AFC, that they were going to make their run. And then this happens four plays, four plays into the game. He is done for the year. Just stunning. I, I, I text Dugats right away, you know, Mr. Jet fan. He said, <laughs> he do. said, everybody is surprised but me. He goes, I knew this was coming. <laughs> you know, the, the Jets are just I believe waiting. him. Oh, yeah. Jets are just, fans are just waiting for the glass to be cracked and the water to be dribbling out of it. But <laughs> are we sure he's not running the David Zaslav burner account? <laughs> so true. But just what you said. You know, now Zach Wilson comes back, who has quarterbacked this team. But you have to understand, it's a different offensive coordinator. And they brought in new receivers as well. You obviously still have Garrett Wilson, but new receivers that Aaron Rodgers has been getting acquainted with. Zach Wilson's been getting second team reps, which isn't a ton. And now he has to kind of reacquaint himself with the offense, which is going to be his now with Nathaniel Hackett and the receivers. It is definitely a domino effect, but I am absolutely stunned. Four plays. Each time he he went back to pass three times, all three times he ended up on the turf, last one blowing the Achilles out. I, 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 I don't even know what to say other than I've been there, I know that feeling, and now you just have to collect yourselves because you know what doesn't happen? The season doesn't stop. And oh, by the way, they play the Dallas Cowboys next week, so... I mean, you want to talk about having to put that injury aside and get ready for one of the best, if not the best defenses in the NFL coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yikes. Um, they did end up winning the game. Yes. So your your point about, you know, being on the defense and watching the starting quarterback go out, like the Jets defense really played well in this game, forcing four turnovers. Josh Allen threw some spectacular arm punts last night. A couple arm punts and just one really bad interception. Arm punts. Um, <laughs> Actually, maybe two bad interceptions and one really good arm punt. Um, the first one was on third down, and it was like a bomb into the end zone uh, to the Jets player. Jordan Whitehead <laughs> had three interceptions last yes. night. Like The Jets' yes. defense deserves a ton of credit. I don't know what's going on with the Bills' offense on the counter side of that. Like They look deeply broken. Josh Allen made some really bad mistakes, like I mentioned. Um, they, they were like able to move the ball and then not move the ball at all. Like It was just a tough tough night for the bills and it took an entire uh overtime you know part of an overtime period for the jets to actually come and win the game it wasn't like it you know was easy for them either but it's astounding you know talk about like not giving up as a team they still beat a divisional team in the game despite aaron Rodgers going out in the first drive so kudos to that yeah listen and, and even when Rodgers got there i had said this team is going to go as far as their defense takes them Jets defense is going to be one of the best in the league they had five sacks nine quarterback hits three interceptions i mean and unfortunately that side of the ball is going to be asked to do in the area of that all the time because the offense is going to be okay i don't expect zach wilson to have this unbelievable blowout year now where he's going to all of a sudden be incredibly great one of the best pickups for them uh, Jess was Dalvin Cook. While Brees mm -hmm. Hall looked great coming off the ACL. He did, yeah. To be able to have Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook actually had more touches in this game than Brees Hall did. So I think that was a great pickup for them. They're going to need that. That O-line is going to need a good running game so play action can slow down the pass rush a little bit, uh, especially this week against Dallas. But they did because their defense is going to be a great defense. 
they're going to be in all the games. Aaron Rodgers just ended up giving them that luxury now because look at when, when Tom Brady went to Tampa and they won the Super Bowl. Now, you don't win the Super Bowl without Tom Brady, but they weren't winning even getting to the Super Bowl without their defense and how well the defense played. So mm-hmm. now they had more balance of great defense, but the offense could score and bring you back. Now they lose that. So a lot back is on the defense yet again. But you're right. This turned out to be an excellent game all the way to a Tyler Bass Bills field goal, 50-yarder, doinking off an upright uh, with five seconds to go down to two seconds to go as the clock was running down to make it to go to overtime. And then the rookie undrafted free agent, Xavier Gibson, having the punt return on what was a bad punt. It was a line drive mm-hmm. punt, which gave the returner some room, started right, went Should left. Arm great. punted it. Yeah, exactly. You like the arm punt. Uh, great bo- block by Chaz Surratt for the Jets, which turned out to be illegal. There was a leg whip in it that wasn't called. But, hey, if it's not called, then it wasn't a penalty, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and they That's so funny. they do get the win. And that's the most important thing. Their odds, though, on the DK draft book, they were plus 1,600 for the Super Bowl. It's now at plus 6,000. And I don't know who's going to touch that one because I just can't see Zach Wilson leading this team to the Super Bowl. But give them all the credit in the world for winning this game. Josh Allen, after the game, said, this game is on me. I lost it for us. There's three interceptions. And the fumble, the, the snap that hit him right in the hands on a shotgun, and he fumbled it, which led to a Jets field goal. Uh, but th- this bad is mistakes, yeah. yeah, bad mistakes in a in a AFC that's very deep in a division that's very good. I picked Miami to win this division, and Miami looked phenomenal. That's we'll looking like in. a good pick. Yes, yeah. yes. We'll we'll get into Week One here in a minute. But to, and and right now, what happens, Jess, is as much as we talked about Aaron Rodgers, and much as we looked to his debut at the Jets, he will become a ghost. That's what happens in the NFL when you're injured or not there, like holding out or something and not there, is you're forgotten about because he can do this team no good for the rest of the season. So it is all about who's there, what they can do on the field to go forward. So as much as he would talked about, uh, was talked about now, he's going to be uh, an afterthought because they got games coming up and they got to get ready for him. So going back to something I mentioned earlier, do you think that there is any sort of uh, blame to be placed on the field conditions at MetLife Stadium? I I mean, listen, the turf is so much better than when I played, especially at the vet. It was like, you know, uh, artificial turf over concrete. There are conflicting reports from the players union to the NFL side of of how much this new turf, which is so much better than the turf I played on, how much Mm -hmm. this new turf has been causing injuries. And the players' union is talking about, hey, it's all we need it to be replaced. Um, David David Bakhtiari, uh, Aaron's former teammate, even said, "Listen, they got the World Cup coming up here, and they're changing all these fields to grass, so there must be something to it if they're changing yeah. it to grass." Listen, is grass the best surface? Yes, it's the best surface. Is it more economical to have artificial turf in there? Yes, it's more economical to have artificial turf in there. But we even see grass. Look at the Super Bowl last year in the Arizona. Super Bowl is what I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> now that's grass. It's not stays there. They roll it right. in. So it's different kind of grass. Roots don't go as deep. And that stuff was really slick. So again, I guess, depending on, on the kind of grass, but there is something to that. But do I think it's ever going to change? No, I don't. So while I think there's some validity to that, I don't think that it's going to be changed. I think we're 
you're, we're going to have this kind of turf here and they're just going to have to deal with it. We saw uh, Dobbins for, for the Baltimore Ravens blew out yeah. his Achilles as well. There's injuries every week, you know, almost daily, if not weekly in the NFL. Unfortunately, it happened to the guy that was the biggest storyline going on. But the bottom line is the Jets get the win. They're 1-0 and a division win as well. So all ended well from the game standpoint. Now it's life without Aaron Rodgers that you just have to get used to. They're going to have to go find another quarterback. Tim Boyle was a quarterback on the on the practice squad. He can't be your backup quarterback. So there are quarterbacks out there like Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, Jacoby Brissett, who are all on NFC teams. So mm-hmm. do the Jets reach out for a trade there of which – they would get fleeced in a trade because everybody knows they're looking for a quarterback. Do they put a call into Tom Brady? Do I they, knew you were going to say Tom I mean, Brady. Do they Tom put Brady a call? Who was just honored at a yes. Patriots game over yes. the weekend. Do they put yeah. a call into Phillip Rivers? Do they put a call into Matt Ryan? Do they put a call into Carson Wentz? I mean, you, they, they yeah. have to do something right at that quarterback position. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, I guess we will see what happens. Tom Brady, I think is the, funniest option yeah I don't I don't see it happening especially because it's another team in the division he seems like he's done but I at all also he's the guy who's faked his retirement before right so yeah. I, I think until Tom him. Brady isn't is put in the Hall of Fame five years from now his name will be talked about all the time as yeah. far as coming back if there is an injury so let's that, throw Andrew Luck's name into the yeah room. oh why not uh, why not <laughs> So that was Monday night football that that took the headlines because of the injury to Aaron Rodgers. But there was a week one that started on Thursday and uh, then all the games on Sunday that we will get to next because there was some, some head-scratching play and some really, really good play as well as there normally is. We'll get to that next. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, Jess. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hurt, as we talked about. We put that by the wayside. Jets get the win. And there's Willow. There is Willow. Willow. She never barks, but she got really upset with your joke about the Steelers before we started. And so she got up and she ran away. Yeah, we're going to get to the Steelers and that... uh... Uh, that debut, uh, if you want to Yeah, call let's it not that. and say yeah. we did. Go let's ahead. go all the way back and start with the Thursday game where, where my son Mike and I did a live show out at Arrowhead Stadium uh, as they opened the season against the Detroit Lions. Dropped the banner that day. Chris Jones, who is now signed for at least for this year and will be back in the fold, was up in a suite watching the game. And we saw Kansas City probably in, in the first game of the season and the first surprise losing 21-20. Uh, to Detroit. Now, they didn't have Chris Jones, we knew, but then a few days earlier, uh, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee, so he missed this game. So even with that, were you still surprised, Jess, that Casey lost that game? No, I wasn't surprised. I actually, as soon as we finished recording last week, I picked the Chiefs, and then the report came out about Kelsey, and I almost texted you, and I was like, I'm changing my pick, because I was so you know, like 60-40 Chiefs over the Lions. I thought the Lions looked super impressive, though. And 
I, I'm not that worried about the Chiefs moving forward. No. It's not like there were a lot of teams after week one that I'm like, yeah, that's it's going to be a tough year if you're a Bears fan or yeah. maybe even a Giants fan. Definitely if you're a Steelers fan, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not worried about the Chiefs. They still have Patrick Mahomes. I think they'll figure it out with the receivers. Losing Kelsey, though, is like if you don't have Chris Jones and you don't have Travis Kelsey, those are your best two players most important players not named Patrick right, Mahomes. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I think that left a big gap open on the defensive side that the Detroit was able to exploit and use. And they were able to move the ball really well. Jared Goff played really well. He had a good game. That's all they needed from him. And yeah, not not surprised though, because yeah, bad luck for Kansas City on opening night. What was interesting to me is, to wrap this one up quickly, is Travis Kelsey, you're right, I'm not worried either. Kelsey's going to be back. Chris Jones signed. Now, real quick, Chris Jones signed a, he did kind of a Saquon Barkley without the franchise tag. He's, he's in the last year of his deal paying him about 19 mil. He's still on that deal, but he got a lot of incentives that can equal about $7 million. But the first two of those incentives, I think a million for 25% per, for a percentage, 2 million for another percentage of which he'll hit. That's just going to cover his fines. He's, he was fined about 2 mil and you can't rescind those anymore. So, so he's going to need part of the incentives just to pay off the fine money. And then the rest of it is for like number of sacks, defensive player of the year, winning the Super Bowl. So in all honesty, Jess, he did not win in this. I mean, he, he could make a little bit more money. He still wins. He's going to make over $20 million. But as far as the deal he was looking for, he didn't get. And next year, he didn't get put in this deal with incentives that he couldn't be tagged. He can be franchise tagged next year, and it's going to be a little over $23 million. We know he wants in the $30 million, $28, $30 million range. So we could this could go all over again uh, for him next year. So I, I, I think he's they're happy he's back to playing, but I don't think he got the better side of this. He did get a great visual, though, while the Chiefs were getting gashed on the defensive side of the ball, and he was just sitting up there in a box watching, which, yeah. like, if you're just a casual fan and you're not paying attention to all the details you just mentioned, you're probably like, yeah, okay, just pay him. Just let's, we, we need this guy. Let's do it. Um, so props to him on on the visual. So out of Good going to, to week one and start looking at some of the games, out of the teams where we had some expectations for, Giants, we had some expectations for. Seahawks, we had some expectations for. And the Bengals, I'll say Pittsburgh. And the Bengals, we had some expectations for. Which of those three teams that lost do you worry the most about that? What we saw in week one may have some carryover. The Bengals game was kind of perplexing. I know the weather was bad. And it, like the, they announced Joe Burrow's deal highest paid quarterback now on Thursday night, right when the Lions Chiefs game was starting. And you kind of hoped that they wouldn't repeat what they've done the last couple of seasons, which is start out really poorly against, you know, last year, the Steelers divisional team gets sacked a bunch of times, throw yeah. a bunch of interceptions. Like you think like, okay, this is the year that they need to actually put it all together in week one, beat a divisional team. And it's, it's the Browns, right? Like the Browns didn't, play particularly well in offense. Right. It was not a, a big, it, I know the final score made it look like it was a bigger gap than it was, but this game was pretty close the entire time. Like, I just, I feel like it's so disappointing to come out of the gate again like this, another year, second or third year in a row, looking like this after you have all this, you know, success in the postseason. You didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but like you were right there again, um, playing in the AFC championship game, sign your quarterback, 
and you just can't do anything like your offensive line that you've known has been a weakness now for years still looks like a big weakness yeah. and tr like miles garrett is phenomenal oh, he is a great gosh. player so part of it you have to give him credit for for just being a complete game breaker but i i thought it was very disappointing um i don't necessarily think they'll play this badly moving forward i think it was like there was a combination of a few things that was just a perfect storm like literally I, I, it, like like i said the weather was terrible it was yeah. like driving rain in cleveland um but it has to be fairly deflating and disappointing to come out of the gates like this and lose to a divisional rival in week one and just pull pull joe burrow out before the game even ends and, and the one thing about it is joe burrow has actually had a tough time and cincinnati against cleveland since he's been in the league i think he has only one win so they yeah. kind of have his number kind of like he has the number of kc a little bit which is yeah. kind of weird, tough to figure out. By the way, if I had a body like Miles Garrett, I'd never put a shirt on in my life. I mean, dude is just a freak of, of what He's he looks like. Amazing athlete. Yeah. Really, really, really is. Did that little step in before the pass rush, oh, and kind yeah. of the Euro step thing. Um, when, when I look at this, the, the Seahawks was a head scratcher because the Rams, we yeah. were looking at to have a horrible year. They're the youngest team in the NFL. And all of a sudden, the Seahawks lay an egg like that. Both their tackles get hurt on the offensive side of the ball, and their line has been a question mark. And when I did Gojo and Golik earlier, we talked to Darius Slayton actually came on, which was impressive because over the decades I've done this, when a team looks bad and we're supposed to have a guy on that's already been preset for a Monday or Tuesday, a lot of times they cancel. A lot of times yeah. you don't do it. But kudos <laughs> to Darius Slayton. He came on. He answered every question about just what went on. And I called that game for Westwood one. It was horrific there. Yeah. I worry about the Giants. You know, they make the super or they make the, uh, the playoffs last year, get a mm -hmm. win. So the expectation is take that next step. But they still don't have that passing game. They brought in Waller, who they're going to yeah. rely on a lot. Paris Campbell, I don't think had a catch in this game. They brought him in as well. It's still going to rely on the running attack. And if I'm a defense, I'm just stacking against that run yeah. and making them throw the ball, uh, especially in bad weather. You're not going to throw the ball well. And it didn't It didn't look great. Quick side note, um, before that game, I always go down on the field to talk to the players and the, and the coaches. And U.S. Open, Coco Goff was down there. Oh. So it was kind of cool. I was close to her. They're kind of two champions next to one another. You know, we were. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that's and, uh, what I would have said. That would you thought? Two, couple you know, of champions cutting it up. Like, yeah. who's that talking with Golik? down there is that yeah that right what you would have said <laughs> yep yeah. which one well, just won the u.s open yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that later she, she $30 is million dollars playing tennis or something i mean like that. man i don't actually is, know uh, if that's how much but i know you win three million for winning the u.s open which is oh, she got three amazing. mil runner up got a mil and a half but uh yeah i kind of worry bad. about the giants a little bit uh yeah. again they won't <laughs> be this bad 40 to nothing the, the talent disparity in the league is not that great this is one as again as i'm calling the game just got away from them you know, block kicks, catching balls and having them knocked out of your arms. I mean, just anything that could go wrong went wrong for the Giants. And if you play long enough, it happens. So I still think they're going to be good, but I do worry about the fact that I don't know, even though Daniel Jones had all career highs, passing yards, completion percentage, rushing yards, I, I just I don't know how, how that team is going to perform overall. And then we get to your team. The, uh, the mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers, you lose Cam Hayward too, might lose him for a few Ooh. weeks, such an anchor on that D line. But how disappointed were you? San Francisco looked like everything we had talked about yeah. and just absolutely took it to your Steelers. 
look, it was a tough day in, in my household. My boyfriend's a Giants fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Both of those games started almost like the exact same way with yes. one team looking like they forgot that there was a game happening and the other team just completely dominating on, on both sides of the ball. Um, the Steelers look terrible. Like there's not even one thing you can blame this on. It's not like, oh, the quarterback played bad or, oh, the offense scheming was bad like it was like a combination of several things that went poorly plus you couple that with the fact that the 49ers have a great defense and they have really really good uh a really good running back great receivers i mean christian mccaffrey gashed the steelers like he yeah and it was just bad and to lose at home like that in week one um especially after all the preseason hype that's why i said i didn't trust the preseason hype like i trust mina kimes with my life but yeah i don't want anyone to hype up my team in the preseason because preseason at the end of the day it doesn't really matter it doesn't mean anything um i think it was kenny pickett after the game who was like uh yeah the the 49ers were better than any of the defenses we played in the preseason and he's right <laughs> that's yeah. why it doesn't yeah. matter how well how, how many completions you make and touchdowns you throw um, it was just bad. I, I like the Giants. I worry for them moving forward if they're not able to adjust in, you know, once you're down 10-0 and then it's 17-0 and you're not able to adjust and do anything offensively. I mean, we all saw the stat that was like 49ers had 199 yards of offense and the Steelers had one. That's bad. Like how you can't let that happen. Like you said, the talent disparity is not big enough in the NFL where you should be having blowouts like this, especially at home in week one. It was just, uh, I don't even know. It was very disappointing, Mike, but yeah, tough, tough day, tough day in the Spatana household. So, so I, sorry to hear that. I, I'm sure Willow had a good day. I'm sure you fed her some nice treats. I, I would hope yeah, anyway that fine. Denise took care of the dog. I think two of the most surprising wins, but then I want to get to the best game. She's a Ravens fan. (laughs) Uh, The Buccaneers beating the Vikings was a bit surprising, and certainly the Rams beating the Seahawks, as we touched on, beat them 30-13. to But the best game, I think, without a doubt, especially if you love offense, uh, was the Dolphins and Chargers. 36-34. Tua throws for, what, 466, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 215 yards, 11 catches, two touchdowns. This and now defensively, they gave up some points, no doubt about it. But the the Chargers offense is a good offense. But what a game! Thirty six, thirty four. They get the thirty six, mix the extra point. You think this is going to be Herbert bringing the team down for a game winning field goal to win? They don't get it. But still, I think the best game of the weekend by far, the best game of the weekend. I mean, I, I know I said last week, like, wow, this is going to be a great week one. Turned out there were some there were some big duds in this week yeah, one. Yeah, there was. Um, and this game was not one of them. This was the only game that I I have the new like YouTube TV Sunday ticket red zone package, right. and like midway through the the afternoon slate, I was like, all right, I'm just watching Dolphins Chargers. I, I this is the only thing that is really catching my attention right now. And it was great. I mean, Tua played amazing. And when Tua is playing that well, um, he's got, he's got incredible weapons. Tyreek Hill, like, how do you defend Tyreek Hill? How do you, uh, Jalen Waddle, like they've got an offense that knows how to really use their best weapons and like spread the ball out, get the ball where it needs to be. And when Tua is playing that well, his passes are that accurate. I don't know how you're supposed to stop them. And the chargers have like, I mean, they're, they're like the Jets in some ways. They're very cursed, especially at the end of games. And so when I saw the Dolphins miss that uh, extra point and it was only a two-point game, 
I still in my heart of hearts was like, there's no way the chargers just, they blow these games time and time yep. again. I mean, we saw them give up one of the biggest leads in yes. playoff history, not that yeah. long ago yeah. against Jacksonville. Um, and it just seems like their end of game management, whatever it is. And it's not just the end of the game. Like there's issues throughout the game as well, but especially you notice that when they're in these tight games and they cannot get it done, it's brutal to watch. Um, and so, yeah, credit to the dolphins who did it without their starting left tackle or yeah. right tackle as well, who, you know, is, is out right now. Um, but they looked really good. And, and I think the Aaron Rodgers injury last night, that is the biggest piece of news for the dolphins bigger than any other result this weekend because the bills did not look great. No. I imagine they will look better moving forward, but they're not going to play that bad all season, but they didn't look good. No, nope. they'll, they'll fix some things, but they didn't look great. Um, the Patriots did not play well against the Eagles. Mac Jones, probably the worst quarterback in that division. And now the other quarterback in your division, who was someone you put ahead of Tua is out for the season. Um, so now you're game planning for Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers twice this year. Yeah. So I mean, the, 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 the passing for the Dolphins. It, it yeah. is the passing offenses in the East. All of a sudden, aren't aren't great. I mean, Josh struggled with the three interceptions, but that'll be better. You met you, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers out and and Mac Jones. Nobody thinks that offense is going to be a juggernaut offense, even though they do have an actual offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, this year. Uh, but but Miami does. I'll, I'll end it on this: whether it's short passes that receivers turn into long gains or long passes, Tyreek Hill averaged nineteen and a half yards a catch. Jalen Waddle averaged 19 yards a catch. Alec Ingold averaged 17 yards a catch. Braxton Berrios, 14 yards a catch. Durham Smythe, 14.7. So they're just chunking the yardage yeah. on these teams and putting pressure on the defense. They And it's fingers crossed every week that Tua stays upright. Uh, because yeah, he exactly. was having, yeah, he was having the beginning of the year of his, of his life last year, uh, before he started getting hurt. So that's a kind of a week one wrap on the most popular sport in America, which brings us to the second most popular sport in America. That's college football. We chat about that next. <laughs> I mentioned it was a tough Sunday in the Smetana household. Saturday, not so bad, Mike. It was a great college football weekend. Uh, we had, of course, the Notre Dame-NC State game, which we will talk about. But the yep. biggest game of the weekend was the Texas-Alabama rematch from last year. Um, last year, Texas lost in dramatic fashion. Their quarterback got hurt. There were some some questionable uh, officiating decisions. Uh, they felt Their fans felt like they got cheated out of a, what should have been a, a win against Alabama. So they got to rematch this weekend, uh, primetime game on uh, ESPN. And they actually won it this time, Mike. Did you watch any of the Alabama-Texas game? And what, what did you think? Oh, I absolutely did. Actually, Mike called that game uh, for Learfield. So I do the old thing where I turn down the sound of, of – on oh, the TV and, and sync up the radio. So I hear, so hear Mike's call. But, you know, the Notre Dame game was a noon game, which ended about six hours later because of the rain delay, Ter as you yeah. said. Which uh, terrible. We'll, we'll get to weather delay. I shouldn't say rain. It was lightning. Lightning. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I watched all of this game. And remember last year, Quinn Ewers started out really well in this game and then got his shoulder hurt, and he was done for the game. As we know, it was a one-point game. And we thought for Texas, all right, one-point game, you lost your quarterback. There's no moral victories, but it was kind of a moral victory. But they, they went on to not really do well the rest of the year. So mm -hmm. this year, it's kind of past Lost the point of you, you, you can't 
moral victory, these things. You need to win. And they did. You know, and this is a game going into the fourth quarter. Alabama had the lead 16-13. And to Texas's uh, on the road, to, to you know, kudos to them. They score the next 14 points. They're up 27 to, to 16 in this one and end up with a 10-point win. What's what's interesting, we, we both know Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese mm-hmm. you know, played quarterback at Notre Dame. My son Mike was actually on the team when he was the quarterback. And then he was the OC at Notre Dame. And last year, didn't really have a passing quarterback. After Tyler Buckner got hurt, Drew Pine came in, didn't really have that. Now he goes to Alabama as the coordinator, and he still doesn't have a throwing quarterback, right? I mean, what, what, yeah. what a tough situation for him and that offense because we talked about the top teams this year. Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, all having to break in new quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. now, now with Jalen Milrow, two weeks in and they have a loss here and it's not a great throwing offense. They have to lean on running. So if you're playing against them, you're going to jam up the box and make him throw to win. So they're kind of in a tough situation where Quinn Ewers, he can toss that ball around. And, you know, when you and Mike even said when he was on the field before that game, normally when you look at Alabama and their athletes, you just go, wow. I mean, these mm-hmm. are some good looking athletes. He said, when I was down on the field, I'm looking at the Texas players going, they look just as good. They look just as athletic. So yeah. now, you know, we keep asking, is Texas back? Is Texas back? Well, they showed pretty early here with a good, con- nice, convincing win over Alabama. They might be back. So a great win for them. It's really interesting when I, we talked about it earlier in the season when we were talking to the head coach at Washington, um, how stacked the Pac-12 is with quarterbacks this season. And oh, it my seems gosh. Like yeah. The inverse proportion of that is what we're seeing in the SEC, where yep. there's been a lot of turnover and partially because guys are getting drafted or, you know, there's the portal, of course. But the situation at Alabama is interesting because they do have a couple guys that they recruited that were highly recruited players, but neither of them seems to be the perfect fit. And Jalen Milrow, who started the game, um, who we talked about last week with Ryan Nanny, like he's, he's a good quarterback when he's on and he's accurate, but he's, he overthrew some balls. He held onto the ball for too long. Like he didn't totally, he looked lost at times out there. Um, And like, I want, I wanted so badly for Alabama to win just because I'm a hater. And I like, Alabama's so good now that I'm just like, I don't even care if they win everything. Like, that's fine. I've accepted <laughs> the fact that they're like the best team in the history of college football. Um, he throws this bomb pass into the end zone. And I'm like, okay, like he's starting to figure it out. And yeah. then the next drive, it's like he overthrows an easy touchdown. I'm yeah. like, Ugh. it was so frustrating to watch. But it, it is interesting um, just looking at the, the landscape right now in college football, seeing how differently the talent is distributed versus what we're used to. Um, And certainly Alabama's got some questions they need to figure out once they get into the SEC West portion of their schedule, because those games are going to be just as tough as this Texas game. Like you said, Texas players, they were big, they were physical. They matched up really well against the Bama players. Um, And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be the guy who's like the the Nick Saban dynasty is over because I don't think it is. But it certainly is a is a worrisome situation. You know, it's kind of like just we we even when when Tom Brady left, we would still give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt. Right. Even though if he made a questionable move like last year, no real offensive coordinator experience kind of weren't wasn't sure where it was going to go. We were like, well, it's Bill Belichick. So we give him the benefit Mm -hmm. of the doubt and it didn't work. 
right? Even more. Yeah. He hasn't been in the playoffs since Tom left. Look, he's, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He walks into the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about that. But you give the benefit of the doubt all the time. We need to see this team do something, right? And now it's the same with Nick Saban. Nick Saban gets the benefit of the doubt. When you give that much hardware, you get the benefit of the doubt. But eventually that runs out. And I'm not sure where they are because I'm kind of with you. I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Remember, their loss wasn't a conference loss. As a matter of fact, there have been six SEC teams that have lost non-conference games, which is almost unheard of in the SEC. But the key is they're non-conference games. So the conference is still there to be had, but there's definitely questions at the quarterback position and other places for Alabama as well. They they struggled on the O-line last year. They struggled in this game with the athletes on the outside rushing. They have a true left uh, tackle, uh, a left tackle in this who was struggling some in this game. So they have some issues to work out. So Texas in the latest AP poll is sitting at number four. Sitting at number 18 is a team that none of us thought were going to be sitting at 18. Uh, unless you were the head coach, Deion Sanders, then you knew you were going to be at least 18 or higher uh, because that that's, he says, I win wherever I go. And he's certainly proving <laughs> he wins wherever he goes. So they get the huge win in week one against TCU. Now they're playing Nebraska at home. Some people are saying, now let's see what happens. But Nebraska is no, now we're, no not anywhere near this offensive juggernaut by any standpoint. But we wondered what their defense would do against Colorado. Close early on, and then Colorado starts to blow it open. They win at 36 to 14. They're now ranked 18th. Are you, as Dion would say, I believe, I'm getting my players to believe. Do you believe, Jess? I mean, I, I yeah, I don't believe they're going to win the national championship. Right, I still right. think Georgia is the best team in the country, but I believe that they're a much better team than a lot of people were expecting when the season started. I think this game came down a lot to Nebraska's offense just really struggling. I think yes. quarterback play was also a factor there, but um, yeah, Colorado, their wins total at the beginning of the season was three and a half. I think they're going to easily, easily eclipse that. And the level of talent that they brought into this team in a year, I think can't be really overstated. Like he completely flipped the roster. I think that is why he received a lot of criticism because you don't love to see a college football head coach force players to transfer because their coach got fired and a new coach came in. That's something that happens at a lot of college football teams when new head coaches come in. And I think that stinks. Um, But the results through two weeks are there. We'll see what happens again when they start playing the conference schedule, which is going to be tough in the Pac-12. I mean, they've got Oregon coming up. This week they play Colorado State, should win that easily. That's three games already. But then they play Oregon and USC back-to-back. Those are two teams with great – offenses and we saw Colorado let up you know 500 yards to TCU's offense in week one so that'll be interesting to see where they fall in in terms of the rest of the Pac-12 talent Um, but it's an unbelievable story and I think it merits all the attention it's getting game day is going to the Colorado game big noon uh, big noon Saturday is going to a third Colorado game in In a a row row for Fox Um, so this is also I will say week three one of the not not a lot of great games this weekend. No. So I I get it. Go where you know people are going to watch yeah. because I don't know where else you're going to go this weekend. So Shadur Sanders throws for 393 in this one. He's thrown for over 900 yards in his first two games. 
And, and about Dion, I, I believe to a point as well, because just the fact of, of what you said that everybody's saying, well, now they're playing Colorado State. They should win that one easily. We never said that about Colorado as never. of late. They've been awful. <laughs> so he is making people believe right now that he has turned the team around. I think a lot of people don't like the way he went about it because he was he's very boisterous, right? He definitely it doesn't mind talking, but also basically getting up in front of the team and saying, I brought my own luggage and it's Louis Vuitton. So a lot of you guys are going to be out. I think a lot of people don't like the way he handled it. But the reality is, it happens every time a new coach comes in. It's just the way you handle it, and they don't like the way you handle it. He even said, listen, at the end of the day, I only really had 20 players who I told, you better, you might as well leave. He said the rest of them left on their own or quit. He said, so I, I just think the way the message was delivered, people didn't like. But you know what? Dion doesn't care. He doesn't care. And all that matters is what his team believes in. As I've said all along, he was successful as a high school coach. Then he went to Jackson State and was successful there. But to sit there and say, oh, as soon as you go to Power 5, you're going to be an instant success. I mean, come on. If you want to sit there and be mad at people because they didn't believe that, fine. You're just using that as a chip on your shoulder to put a chip on your players' shoulders. And you know what? That's cool because they're responding. If it works, yeah. If it yes. works, good, then so, keep doing it. So keep doing it. You're winning. That's all that matters. So that's fine. I do believe they'll win against Colorado State, and then we'll get the test with Oregon and then SC back-to-back. -back. But just us saying that means, wow, they have, they have done uh, – Dion has done something right there in the players he brought in. Finishing up college real quick, we have to do it because we're Notre Dame grads. Notre Dame goes to North Carolina State. What, it was an hour and 40-minute lightning delay of which players, players yeah. were eating hot Screwed dogs and brats. Time. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Players eating hot dogs and brats, uh, you know, to – to stay fueled a little bit, uh, slow first half form, horrible weather, but then took control in the second half to move to three and zero. Sam Hartman again, you know, uh, does throw a bunch of touchdowns, uh, but it was it was certainly not his best game. This was the best competition Notre Dame's played so far. He still did throw four touchdowns in this game, and uh, Audrey Gestime ran for 134 yards at a big 80 yard touchdown run. So competition was better, but Notre Dame did what they should do, right, Jess? This is what we haven't seen Notre Dame do times, have games closer than they should be, but they have basically had three blowouts, and it's, it's exactly what they should be doing. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, I think recent Notre Dame history has made fans very skittish about a, playing in Raleigh, where it seems like the, the weather always sucks. Yes. And B, lightning delays, because Notre Dame has lost some games that they were heavily favored in due to a lightning delay, um, also due to not playing well. But Yeah, well, that adds you know. into it. Both, yeah, I was part things. of that one. My kids were part of that one against yeah. Tulsa. So yeah. <laughs> that one uh, was bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, or South Florida? Wasn't it South Florida? Uh, one of the, one know. of those teams that should have won. It was a rain. Bad. It, it, was, it was a bad. weather delay. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Anyways, um... You're right, though. Like they, Sam Hartman did struggle a little bit. The the offense struggled getting the ball moving in the first quarter. The score was only three to zero going into the delay. But after the delay, Audrey Gasme rips off a huge 80 yard run. They did some little uh, offensive lineman shenanigans, lining up Joe Alt outside of the right tackle. I'm not sure if you saw that. Pretty nifty. Uh, caught NC State's defense completely unbalanced and ran it in for the touchdown. Um, and then after that, like it was a it was a close game. Notre Dame let NC State score a couple touchdowns. Um, played a little undisciplined, like a few drives where 
penalties kept NC State on the field uh, more so than, you know, playmaking, which you never want to happen. So it came closer than it should have. But then the the final score was 45 to 24. And it, it really was like 45 to 17 until NC State scored in garbage time against Notre Dame's backups that were in at that point. So um, it's interesting to say like, yeah, it started off shaky, not Sam Hartman's best game. But like you said, they still completely blew out this team in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, being able to beat teams that are not as stacked as your yeah. team in the fourth quarter is a really important thing to be able Agreed. to do because that's often where the difference is made in college football. Um, you need to be able to do that to win yeah, games. Close games out. Yeah. Not every game. Exactly. Not every game is going to be, you start blowing them out in the first quarter and then put your backups in. No, you need to play until the fourth quarter. And that's when you can see there was like a big talent difference and Notre Dame's talent won out as NC state's quarterback threw a couple picks. Uh, Notre Dame secondary looks really good, Mike. Yep, they, they absolutely do. So good one for them. They're undefeated. As you mentioned, games this coming week. I don't think there's one ranked, ranked game this week. Then next week, as far as Notre Dame's concerned, they get Ohio State coming to town. We'll have some fun uh, talking about that one. But uh, So college ball a couple of weeks in. Colorado still the biggest surprise uh, in Texas with the big win. Coming up next, we have a couple of champions we need to talk about who – has some incredible one has an incredible resume overall the other just starting on what looks to be an incredible resume that's coming up next all right jess let's finish it up on the tennis court not you and i playing because i would hate to embarrass you by beating you in tennis i could be you in pickleball but tennis i i don't know we definitely have to play um U.S. Open. Uh, let's start quickly with Novak Djokovic. I mean, what what a career that he has had. Uh, now with his 24th Grand Slam, he's been in 72 Grand Slams. He's been in the final in half of them, and has 24 wins. I, I don't I don't know what you can say, you know, because uh, uh, Federer is retired, Nadal has been injured, and Joker. They've all been kind of put together, but Djokovic is kind of just taking it away now. It's crazy that he's like still playing his best tennis at, like you mentioned at his age, he is just a tennis machine. Like you watch him and he is so automatic. Um, I, yeah, it's astounding to watch him play tennis. And I, I think Ben Shelton put up a great fight in the semifinals, yes, yeah. uh, made it interesting, but Djokovic, like he's just, he's, a, he was born to play tennis. I don't know what else you can say either. It is going to be interesting with the young guys like Alcaraz is at what, 21 and Shelton 20, is 20, yeah. 20. They're right there. So uh, the, yeah. the, some of the youth in here looks pretty good as we get going. And then talk about youth. Coco Goff, 19 years old, wins her first Grand Slam, wins the U.S. Open, and wins $3 million along the way. As I mentioned, she was at the Giants game, everybody mobbing her. And she, she truly – look like, wow, you know, I'm the celebrity here. It's pretty wild, you know, amongst all these NFL players yeah. and such. Uh, but she, boy, she fun to watch. I mean, the way she moved, it's almost like you can't hit a shot that she can't get to Yeah, the way she was running around that court. Absolutely. And she was playing against the number one ranked yeah. player in the world right now, Arena Sabalenka, who I, I, she's part of the Netflix tennis show. I'm not sure if you watched any of that, but she's a really, really good player. Yes. And I was nervous when I saw the matchup that it was going to be her versus Coco Goff. Cause you, of course I'm rooting for Coco Goff, but Coco Goff was so locked in Mike in that third set. She, like you said, there was not a ball that she couldn't get and she didn't give up on a single point and ended up winning some points that way just by like out hustling 
to each ball and and hitting it back and like Sabalenka making a couple mistakes there, not not thinking she could you know return what she was giving her. Like it was a really good tennis match, um, and she was so dialed in. It was really really cool to watch. And then as soon as she hit that final point, oh. she just collapsed on her back. It was the coolest thing. It was. I love seeing her her face, her serious look when she's concentrating. Coco Golf was incredible, and Sabalenka. Listen, if you're playing pro sports enough, you, you 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 can see it at times. You could just see after points she lost that she was just so frustrated. Like, how yeah. the hell did Coco Goff get to that? How, how did yeah. she make that play where you almost throwing your hands up? And and players today look at their coach so much more, I think, than back in the day. It's almost like, you know, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, right. just amazing. But then there was the the picture or the video going around of when Coco Goff was eight and her parents brought her to the U.S. Open. Her dad or both her parents brought her to the U.S. Open to watch Venus and Serena play. Mm -hmm. And now here she is with Serena in the in the crowd watching. Here she is winning the U.S. Open in 19. I mean, the symmetry there is incredible. Yeah, it was really cool to watch. There was also a video of Sabalenka smashing her racket yes. afterwards. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yes, I and did. I, I saw I saw some people like, oh, that's, you know, that she shouldn't do that, blah, blah, oh, blah. Pfft. And I'm like, come on. Smash as many rackets as you want. That like, she's, she's pissed. She lost. She lost a half, a, a one and a half million dollars yeah. after winning the first set. I I would smash all my rackets. Well, did you see and how emotional she was in the interview after the match yeah. too? She was so distraught. I don't think she even cared about losing a million and a half. I think it was just <laughs> the fact that two days, she just lost the U.S. Open and two days later, like she yeah. has been named the number one player in the world. But she knows I just Very lost. Yeah. You know, unbelievable. You don't care she, about the ranking. You want to exactly. win the title. And her yeah. breaking the racket. I mean, she didn't do it out in public, out in the court. She did it. Who you know, cares? she does, yeah. doesn't know there's a camera in their room where she was by herself and just beating the living crap out of it. That goes and throws <laughs> it in the trash can. I mean, that's frustration, man. I'd rather see somebody a little frustrated than just like, oh, well. And she definitely was. But Coco Golf, I mean, hopefully it's the start of many for her because, yeah. uh, boy, she plays well. Yeah, and it has been the, the U.S. Open. I got home from work on Monday, and I was like, there's no tennis on. I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the afternoon. It was so much fun to watch. I'm I'm a tennis fan now, and it, as long as Coco Goff is playing, I will be watching. Completely agree. the most exciting player to watch right now. T tennis fan and Coco Goff fan. We almost got the All-American all with Madison Keys, All-American yes. final oh, in there. Such that, a brutal semifinal that, loss. That would have been cool. But you know what? We'll take it. Coco gets the win. Congrats to her. Congrats uh, to Djokovic as well uh, in what he did. So congrats to them both. And uh, we look forward to another weekend of football because that's what we do.